All right, Finbar, it is time. The main event, the big shebang. <laughs> so let's let's start off first with the new rules reference update guide. So there is one small change to the rules that everyone should be aware of, which is the difference now that basically the way a set works versus force modifiers. So a set effect is something that says, you know, your skills are this for the rest of the conflict. So the main thing you think about is something like brace the or unleash the djinn, which sets everyone in the conflict to a 3-3. Okay, so that means that your stats are 3-3 for the rest of the game. Uh, sorry, the rest of the turn uh, or conflict. It's conflict, isn't it? Um, and you can't change them through any effects. Now, previously, the ruling said that because you couldn't change them, you couldn't play any card that had a force bonus effect because it wouldn't be changing the game state, even if it had another result, which meant that you couldn't play something like a hurricane punch, which gives plus two, even though it also lets you draw a card because it wasn't changing the game state enough. You couldn't bonsai and then lose one honor. Um, you couldn't play um, Way of the Lion and double the base strength of the character, you know, and all these things. However, they've changed this. So now you can play a force modifier onto um, a character, even if that character is set. It will not change that character's force because it's set. But you can use periphery effects like drawing a card from Hurricane Punch. And mm. interestingly, if you play a Way of the Lion on someone who has a True Strike Kenjutsu, which is a duel of base military strength, Way of the Lion can double someone's base military strength despite its modified set strength being three. So if you, say, played Way of the Lion on Tatori and then used True Strike Kenjutsu, you would be dueling with 12 strength even if he only had three strength in the actual conflict so it's not a huge change but it is nice to be able to play force bump cards that have other effects even when there's a set effect dominating the board they're not just dead in your hand i've, ha I've had many a dragon who will just uh drop w you know whatever they're doing just i'm gonna just drop a hurricane punch because nothing i have in my hand is gonna help me so maybe the next card will and the next yeah. card's always a freaking void fist so whatever <laughs> that is do you play three of them for a reason so that's Again, small change affects certain matchups. Good to be aware of. Um, may affect more later on if they're changing it with the future in mind. So then let's move on. So we've got three errata. Uh, the first, I think, non-functional errata in the game. So previously we've had um, an errata to, I think it's what, Pit Trap, to make it not fall off the second you play it. So far, all the errata have been for the purpose of clarifying the language to make it e easier to read or maybe they found out that the rules as or the card as written technically doesn't work as the case with pit trap so they just modified it so it everything works as intended this is the first time that we're seeing errata saying like we just don't like how these cards are these cards are kind of printed a bit over the curve and we're just going to bring them back down to power level. And boy, oh boy, this is a big choice as they chose, they started this off with. Uh, no, actually, let's talk about the cards first, right? Okay. Sure. So City of the Open Hand has been changed. So now, um, instead of being you take one honor from your opponent, while you have less honor than your opponent, uh, you can choose to make your opponent lose one honor or you gain one honor. Um, this has been a change that people have been discussing since the core, where they always thought that giving City of the Open Hand a full air ring trigger was a bit too strong um you know interestingly one of the main things that this affects isn't actually you know 
other clans, it's actually Scorpion players, because the main deck that City of the Open Hand shreds isn't Dragon or Crane or anyone like that, it's Kuhn Bayushi Scorpion decks. Mm. So you start off with 9 honor, you're losing 3 to your Ignoble Enforcers or whatever, you need to play below 6, but City of the Open Hand shreds your honor so quickly mm. that if you played Kuhn Bayushi and you came up against even a decent... Um, not even an amazing City of the Open Hand Scorpion player, you could lose fairly quickly. So this change actually helps other Scorpions a lot more than it helps many other clans. Obviously it helps Dishonor and Honor decks better, but we haven't really seen, you know, those taking off. This is my big takeaway with City Open Hand. I mean, this is a severe blow to that stronghold and potentially that whole deck archetype. I don't know how well Dishonor uh, or at least a Dishonor switch works out of City of Open Hand anymore uh, with all the tools that are going around. Let no. me let me let me echo that. So according to the Scorpion players, this actually could be a benefit to this sort of deck, right? Because the main problem with Dishonor at the moment is that when you take one from someone, you're then an honor higher than them and you can't use the ability the next turn right whereas if you're playing a dishonor deck and you get down to like three and they're on five your stronghold's gonna be on them for the next two turns and you can ping them for honor while staying below yourself yeah there's definitely a possibility however what and and that works for like the first five or so fate however scorpion does have this issue when they get down to the the bottom four um that's when this box starts really shining because as they drag you down, uh, they can keep themselves afloat, and um, you they could do they could do this. We're, we're both at like four or three honor and stuff. We're normally we're both going to bid one and stuff. Scorpion can actually bid two, go up, and then bring it right back down to where it was if the uh, if the honor is right where they want it to be to maintain card advantage, and those cards were going to be extra tools to dishonor you. Um, I think so there's you a lot s- of subtle effects that you lose from this. I think you can still do that to an extent. Um, you're just not going to be putting yourself back up mm-hmm. again. But you still have duty. You still have other ways of gaining honor or making your opponent lose honor. Um, I mean, as, as good as Scorpion has been at City Open Hand, like they will win a non-zero amount of games due to dishonor, even after they had they got access to duty, just because yeah. they brought the game all the way down to this level, and it was only the City of Open Hand's ability to gain one honor while taking their opponent down that allowed them to kind of float. You know, now it's like this is a t- now it's a uh, a tightrope act with no safety net. The safety yeah. net is gone. But then, equally, no other no other, no other faction in the game had a free ring claim effect on their stronghold. Yeah. It's been overpowered for both card draw, you know, and just dishonor from the start of the game. It's good to see it finally be addressed. And also, I talked to Tyler about this when I was at Madrid. I said, you know, lots of people have been talking about putting City of the Open Hand on the restricted list, you know, just because it's so strong. He was like, we've been testing different ways of dealing with its power and we saw a lot of restricted cards for scorpion clearly that hasn't affected the city of the open hand enough so Mm. it's time for it to get its errata and be more balanced and you know if more scorpion players start playing a stronghold that says ready one of your dudes for free like that's a good stronghold they should there's still plenty for them to play around so i think that errata is justified and fine and scorpion is gonna have to deal with it but it's gonna be balanced now as I said a second ago, uh, Scorpion seems to get a little bit of love every time the restricted list comes around. 
And while it is, it's, it's only taken them down like levels of ridiculousness and stuff. Some people would argue that they're not quite the tier one deck that they used to be and stuff, but they're still very effective. And I don't think this is like the end all be all of the clan. You know, they still, you know, they're going to be fine. You, whether they stick with City Open Hand as a focus under the center theme, or if they switch over to Kyun Bayushi and go with Unbowing Ninjas all day. Yeah. Uh, I still think they have a lot of options to play with. So I two, think this makes. Yeah, yeah, they have two strong themes, two strongholds that work for them. This one just needed to be brought down a small peg, which, is, which has been yeah. done. It's still very flexible and very strong. Um, so this one's going to be close to your heart, Finbar. Restoration of Balance. Finally getting a look at. Yeah, so the basic change for this is that now its effect triggers on break rather than on reveal. Mm-hmm. Now, this is very good change. You know, all the Dragon players agree that this card feels bad to play against, but it's still very strong. You still have to be afraid of it. Um, and, you know, I will still happily buff your one drop if you come mm-hmm. into it with a handful of cards. You know, you still have to be wary about flipping it with someone who's too strong. You still have to think about scouting it, but it's now changed to something you can play around rather than something that automatically makes you lose the game and drop, like, five cards. Yeah, there is so much more player... Like, it's, if it, if I break uh, Restoration of Balance and I don't want to, it's still a really bad time. However, there is just far, far, far more play around with it now that it wasted, it's broken and stuff. For what, as I say, we, I can just go ahead and scout it, you know? And even if, if you buff my characters and stuff what do you do sacrificing one of your precious precious swords and stuff at least i get something on your hand if i do that and stuff i can use favorable ground to run away i can use assassination to destroy my own character you know i've got options maybe i got one of these things to bow one of my characters you know and we'll see a lot of the play arounds that people used to use against feast or famine for example like even just attacking with a favorable ground was good enough to help you deal with feast or famine those all apply to resto now Obviously, if you're really worried about it, you can Unicorn Splash. They have their Shinjo Ambusher. It creates a whole play space which and removes... You know, it, it leaves a powerful effect in the game, but it removes the negative player experience version of it. It, it, it definitely re- removes the high rolliness that this game uh, or this card can do. Because one of the, the most... Uh, traditionally, the most effective way of dealing with Restoration of Balance is play as many cards as you humanly possibly can before making your two attacks into the dragon row. So every attachment, like hopefully you buy like a three drop, put a couple of fade on him, slap as many attachments down on him. Maybe you get like a voice of honor, whatever other card you can like slap onto the table, play it, just get it all on your hand. It's not efficient, but it's a lot better than losing it to restoration of balance, but it feels really bad when I play all these cards, go in and attack you, maybe even I got two characters going to attack you, and I don't trigger Resto, that means I got to do the same thing again. It's even harder to do, and it's even a bigger waste, you know? This one, I got to just, like, hold all the cards. Oh, I've seen Resto. Now I'll start playing my cards. Maybe, or I'll try running away, or do any number of things to deal with the problem, rather than just get completely turned over. Exactly. And for Dragon players, we still have Resto. It's still strong. We also don't necessarily need to be tied to Resto if we see another Fire Province that we want. Um, and we can also still play Upholding Authority, so now we still have a double-hand effect row. You know, it, it's still good for us. It's still a good province. It's probably what it should have been from the start, which is a good sign of an errata. Um, so we're, I think I think that's fine. Resto is, is still good. It's fine. So the only other... The, I think the biggest change... I mean, changing a stronghold is massive 
is Isawa Tadaka, right? So it's now been changed to say that um, his effect is only on when you are contesting or have claimed the Earth Ring. So it used to just be on unless your opponent had taken the Earth Ring, but now it's on unless it's not on unless you are contesting or have claimed the Earth Ring. So now it puts the onus on the Phoenix player at controlling Tadaka to actively turn his player. And all he has to do is just say, hey, I attack Earth right now. And he's probably going to turn on. Um, you know, your first player, you have a solemn scholar. You just say, fuck it, Tadaka attacks yeah. Earth, right? And it opens up a lot more things of, you know, me as a, as a victim of Tadaka, <laughs> use those words, um... You know, I if I'm the first player, I've got like an entire turn maybe to get an attack and have access to all my tools before I have to deal with Tadaka shutting out the game. Or I can just play some cards that normally would just be dead um, and do all that before Tadaka turns the Earth Ring on, you know. And also thematically, this errata works quite well because, you know, when the Phoenix player is fighting over or has taken the Earth Ring, the Master of Earth says no right? Or if your opponent tries to take the Earth Ring from you, Tadaka says no. But the rest of the time the Earth Ring's just up for grabs. Tadaka doesn't have it. So the board's wide open. This, I mean, this is, obviously it's a huge power nerf for Tadaka. If you're not first player, it gives your opponent a lot more play around. It lets Scorpion players play their Mark of Shame Noble Sacrifices um, you know, before Tadaka can attack. But it was needed. I mean, Tadaka was strong. Phoenix have won a few Kotas. They haven't won all of them. But it just felt so bad just to immediately have your stuff switched on unless you did something that was hard to do because your opponent had cards and you didn't. So those are the erratas. Good or bad, we've got them now. I think testing will show that they're probably improving the game and making it more fun to play. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about just before we move on to the restrictedness update is just how to handle these from a practical standpoint. Um... If you are playing with a card that doesn't need to be shuffled into your deck, you can be very, very creative with how you, um, you know, how you deal with that card. I personally have an alt art stronghold. I have province backers, which are my old um, Warrens of the Nazumi promos from um, the old card game because I, I heart the rattlings, and you know I use those. So if I wanted to say, for example, get an alt art version of Resto with the proper text, I could do that. I could put it in with my province backers. You can now get um, official province backers if you pre-order packs through FFG. Um, for City of the Open Hand, you know, go out there, find a really good, like, you know, artist or design card you can do um, and just get a, an alternate art version of it, get your mate to do one up for you in Photoshop. The only one that presents a bit of a problem, of course, is Tadaka because he is shuffled into your deck, so you can't have an unofficial promo, but maybe FFG will release their own promos in time, or you can bring a, you know, by all means to help your opponents, bring a printed version of it, put it under the back of your stronghold that has the right text on, just to remind yourself how it works and show your opponent if they're questioning how it works. Um, same thing as you would have done for the full text uh, champions, for example. So, restricted list update. Embrace the Void, which is the attachment um, that goes on someone and takes the fate when it comes off them. Uh, Steward of Law, 1-1-1, conflict character on Crane. Cards can't be dishonored during this conflict. Uh, and Secured Shrine, which is a phoenix holding. Um, at the start of the conflict phase, you basically grab a ring and you pretend that you have it. So why have these cards been restricted? 
Let's take the Phoenix cards first, because we're still kind of in Phoenix land. We're just coming off of Tadaka. So, Secluded Shrine makes absolute sense because of the way they worded the new Tadaka. Now, Tadaka only triggers when you are claiming the Earth Ring, or uh, while you're contesting the Earth Ring, or while you have it in your claim pool. So, Secluded Shrine just puts things in your claim pool. So, or mimics it being in your claim pool. So it actually would make Tadaka even stronger because before, at least you could like theoretically claim an Earth Ring and like turn them off. Secluded Shrine would just be like, no, you're never ever going to turn Tadaka off. Uh, and also, kind of make his Arata not meaningless but semi meaningless because you just up Secluded Shrine to three, play Tadaka, and then it's like, okay, job done. So that's a fairly obvious one. Um, and then Embrace the Void has come off because Consumed by Five Fires exists. No one else was hurt by that restricted list. Oh, I'm sure everyone. I'm talking about myself. Leave me alone. But speaking... Okay, actually, on topic, speaking of uh, Crane Boohoo tears, Steward oh, of Law... Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when, the, when, when the link for the new restricted totally list came out... Totally to be on this list. I, uh, I clicked yeah. on it. I go straight to the bottom of the restricted list. I want to see who's going to be on there. Is Tadaka being banned? Is Miramoto's Daisho going to be on this list? Steward of Law? What does Steward of Law ever do to you guys? And then I was like, oh, yeah, Duel to the Death's coming out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah so it Steward sense. of Law has earned its place by being part of what's going to soon be a horrible combo. Um, where So Duel to the Death, basically, it's the loser is dishonored or killed, or is it the loser can refuse by being dishonored? So a duel to a death is a challenge you to a military duel. Um, yeah, and dragon you can, player wins. Uh, you, you can either uh, you can either refuse and be dishonored, but if you're already dishonored, you have to accept, accept the duel. Yes, or if you can't be dishonored because someone has steward of law in play. Okay, so basically the way that works is that you play steward of law, you duel to the death by character, my dragon character wins, and then your character instantly dies. The, the same way that Steward of Law would uh, turn For Shame into an auto-bow would turn uh, Duel to the Death into an auto-kill. Not an auto-kill, but an unrefusable duel, which is defeat sort of the payoff, because the whole point is that unless the crane player has maneuvered you into a situation where your character is already dishonored, you should be able to just be like, nah, nah, because you're not going to win that duel. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's fair. Um, I think... Duel to the Death is very, very powerful. I think people may still opt for the Steward of Lord Duel to the Death combo. Um, we may or may not see Duel to the Death added to the restricted list to break up that combo. It depends how powerful it is. Killing someone, regardless of their fate, is really strong. It's a, it's a question. I don't know. And I tell you what, it hurts right now now that Duel to the Death is not out yet. It's not, we haven't even yeah. gotten the pack yet. I think it's the second pack to come out. So we're yeah. a couple of months away from Duel to Death even showing up. So the moment you would have to choose Steward of Law over Guest of Honor, which I don't really see happening. Yeah, for the dueling deck. So the moment I think Steward of Law just gets retired, which is a shame, but, you know. Sadly, it really does. And it hurts so much because he was such a good workhorse in the Crane deck. And he was powerful, but because he was always a one-drop, I never thought he was, like, so abnormally powerful that uh, he would be considered a quote-unquote problem. Again, we're talking about, like, oh, if you want to restrict a clan, what element do you do? I don't think he would, like, you know, he's no Tadaka, you know. So Steward of Law falls very much under the Young Rumor Monger thing. You read it and you're like, wait, what the, what the hell? I mean, this card is not overpowered. Steward of Law isn't overpowered. Young Rumor Monger isn't overpowered. It's more about what they, what they enable 
Right. I could definitely see the potential a danger of Stewart of Law. We still can't figure yeah. out young rumor monger. He doesn't like make. Well, it's because he but... can redirect the dishonor to the emperor, and then you can um, I can swim or noble sacrifice the emperor. Oh, well, okay. yeah, or or something but... like that. Stuff, stuff. Basically, he he basically he gets around the main play around against Scorpion, which is honoring your people before they can dishonor them and kill them. Because even if you try and honor someone, he just goes, no, no, honor this scrub instead. You know, doesn't deserve a place based on his own merit, does deserve a place based on what he enables. The other two, I think, completely justified, especially based on the Tadaka change being added. Um, and I think we'll see this making a nice change to the meta. Um, I think especially the Erratas are going to make some very big changes, but I think they're actually going to affect the entire sort of spirit and feel of the game more positively. Um, and also the power level to a certain extent. Mm. So the next interesting thing, which of course we want to dive straight into, just um, is yep, yep. the roles, right? So today new we got roles. our new roles, which we're going to be having void until day. the World <laughs> Championships, I think. Yeah, I believe these ones are going to be legal until... Uh, I'm, I'm not even yeah. going to speak because I'm going to screw that up. There no, it's, it's after play. the World Championships. Yep. So, yeah, and then we get our next ones at the end of August from the Elemental Championship Phase 2. Now, the interesting thing about these roles, of course, is that each clan was unable to vote based on people who were winning or doing well at Elemental Championships getting vote cards. More than one clan could get the same role, which wasn't true at Worlds, where you had to vote in sort of a ladder system. Um, so, obviously, we see a lot of duplicates here. So, to kick us off, we have three Seeker of Voids, Crab, Crane, mm. Phoenix... We have two Keeper of Waters, Dragon and Unicorn, and we have one Seeker of Air in Lion and one Keeper of Air in Scorpion. So I think you'll agree with me, the Seeker of Void cho choices are the most obvious, um, not for roll-lock cards, just because you get to play Pilgrimage and um, Shameful Display, or in the Phoenix's case, you get to play Karori Mori and Shameful Display. Really strong provinces. It is hands down because Void has the most good or good enough provinces so be able to flip those up gain a fate um and then presumably one of your other provinces is going to be uh manicure garden so you have three of your provinces all gaining you fate that gives you a lot of economy to do a lot of damage uh pilgrimage uh does a lot of damage by denying your opponent the ability to trigger rings so poking does nothing but doing you know, a little bit of honor damage, unless you're a scorpion who wants to poke all day, that's not really hurting you too badly. Um, and then Shameful Display, which I think is still most people's number one pick. I don't know. Crane's never going to stop playing uh, uh, Shameful Display. I don't know how viable it is in all of the other decks. But Everyone else is running it. It's just, it's just better, right? Free honor, free dishonor. You know, even if it just changes the honor dials by one and lets you draw an extra card, it's just a better card. Um, I mean, Dragon have been playing with Seeker of Void for the past, what, six months? It's a good role. The only reason we're playing Keeper now is for dueling cards. Um, the minute the aggro deck still runs Seeker of Void, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, yeah, so the interesting choices then. So, Dragon and Unicorn have gone Keeper of Water. Um, from Dragon's perspective, that's solely so we can add Fight on to our Crab Splash. Um, so that's the one where, for one fate, you ready a tower, move it to the Conflict uh, for the defense. Um, it's a fantastic defensive card. Uh, it lets us 
basically use our tower to smash you and then also hold our tower for the defense zero problems um for unicorn they get that and they get press of battle which is a free bow if they've got more people in the conflict which they will and talisman as well so there's nothing wrong with them having a, a keeper of water roll lion is on seeker of air to ask them what's up with that and they seem to want to splash crane to get a soul beyond reproach they want to be able to take better advantage of their high glory and some of their cards that are triggering off of having uh more honored characters yeah i mean lion does voice of honor have a splash cost uh, it does. Let's so, you, I mean, you could run Lion with Solby on Reproach, Voice of Honor, and you've suddenly got a very, very strong Honor-based lockdown deck. I mean, there's there's a lot of great options from Crane for Lion, um, especially for Lion Honor, actually, quite interestingly. So that's a space to watch, I think. I mean, I, like many of the Lions I talked to, they didn't seem super enthused about it. Like, it's like kind of whatever. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's an avenue they can go down to. Also, sadly, sadly, a lot of the Lions aren't super enthused about anything at the moment. So I'm really hoping that once more of their pack spoilers come out, they just start to get a bit of fresh air in. They are definitely in a rough spot at the moment. You know, their, their, their lack of enthusiasm is definitely justified. But, you know, hopefully things are going to improve for you soon. Things have improved for Unicorn recently. It's your turn next, so... Now, have you got a good barometer of what the current salt levels are amongst the clans? Uh, I know not everybody is happy with it. Well, think with a whole roll locking thing, no one is ever completely happy. I actually think that things are incredibly positive at the moment. Um, I did see some people in the Scorpion chat were a bit rough about the stronghold change. A lot of the more sensible Scorpions agreed that it's probably long overdue. Uh, Lion are feeling a bit rough in general, but they're excited because they've seen their crab pack announced. Though some aren't as super enthusiastic. I'm, I'm talking about specifically for the roles that they, the roles that they. Yeah, have. yeah. So in general, great. Like everyone who got Seeker of Void was very happy with it. Phoenix are happy to get Shameful back along with Karori Mori. Uh, Dragon wanted Keeper of Water. And this is kind of a bit of a consternation over here in the Crane Lands. Really? Uh, because you know, dueling is a thing now. We really like dueling. Uh, you know, it's one of our core themes. And a lot of the, well, specifically, you have Defend Your Honor is a keeper-only card. And we have no keeper Do you role. not we have a now, keeper role now? now? Secret of Fire and Secret of Void. Double Seekers. So oh, not only do they have harsh. no... So, so okay, I'm a, yeah. in a clan right now that has access to none of the keeper cards. And like I said, Defend Your Honor is a keeper card. Uh, also, especially with Q and Kikita only being at nine influence, it's really hard to fit Miramoto's die shows um, and all the let goes uh, into a deck like that. Yeah, and you're not going to get yeah, support of the dragon until, until November. So I got support of the dragon. You're just going to have to deal with it, your honor. You know. Yeah, I mean, you're probably going to get a keeper all then in September, but that is a bit terrible. I have always been an advocate that every clan should try and keep a keeper and a seeker role just to keep those options open. But then seeker avoid is that good. I mean, it is like, honestly, I tell you, I have been playing with it for a long time now. It is that good for fate generation. It is that good for a province lineup. You won't regret having it. Even if it feels bad. Oh, yeah. to and Even people who are belly aching are not saying like, this was a bad choice. And it's still a good choice. However, it does 
sort of arbitrarily limit deck choices, and it kind of goes into uh, what people are saying about the nature of roll-locking cards of, hey, we can't really, like, we have these, I don't, I don't know how to properly put it, but these unfair, uh, overly restrictive deck-building options that they can't really, you know, play out of anymore. Well, I fluctuate on it. I have seen now, after a year or so, that it does force you to change your deck. It does mix things up. It does get you excited for what you're going to go for next. You know, it's not a perfect system by any means, because as you say, it does lock you out of choices, but also forcing you to make different changes and choices, even if it feels like artificially, is still a good way of keeping things changing in terms of province lineups and what you can build and what cards you have access to. And I'm actually warming up more and more to the role system. I actually had an interaction with Tyler Parrott uh, on Twitter today after the announcements because he's posting on there um, uh, about the new uh, restricted list, the rules updates, uh, and the new elemental roles. And one of the things, well, first of all, uh, he put a bit of an announcement there. He said that the new next rules update will occur at the beginning of July. The restricted list will not be updated until then. And if he doesn't feel it needs another update, uh, he'll be let the community know when that time comes. Yeah, so he was talking in the Dragon Chat um, to us just because we were chatting and he dropped in. And what he basically said was that he was trying to, or at least thinking about making a schedule for the restricted list where roughly every three months or so there would either be an update or a discussion on why he didn't think there would be an update. You know, and I may be putting words into his mouth, but this is kind of the discussion we had um, that basically he wanted to try and get these rule updates, um, a restricted list updates on more of a schedule um, if he could and if it made sense so that people would know to expect one, you know, every May, every, you know, yeah. July, every, you know, every so often. I think that would be really good for the game just in terms of players who were suffering through a meta, just knowing that, oh, well, maybe now, there'll be a change. When I was on Twitter, I would ask him, like, how do you feel about half the clans? opting for a Seeker of Void role, including Dragon, who already had Seeker of Void, and now, uh, what, three or four clans choosing, picking out of that. And he said, it, you know, it's the most powerful role right now, to be sure, just based on provinces. Some compelling cards are coming for other roles, though, so that will always be true. And they had immediately had to ask him a follow-up question. If there are compelling cards coming in the future, have the players just voted themselves out of potential new options due to not knowing the role lock cards to come? And he responded with less than you think. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a problem. So, I mean, this this sort of voting system as versus the laddering system is really good for showing the designers which roles are currently overpowered, which is great for game balance in the future because they can be like, well, we need better non-void provinces. We need better non-void locked cards, right? That's good. On the other hand. If we, say, don't get to see in a spoiler article what elemental locked cards are coming in the next cycle before we start getting all the votes in for Phase 2 Elemental Championships, which will be played at Worlds, so we'll be voting for the role that we'll have at Worlds, um, if we don't get to see which elemental locked cards are in the cycle before we start that voting process, I think that is a failure of communication. I think if they designed the cards and they can show them to us, before we are um before we are voting next on our next role they should do that because we should have that clarity otherwise 
let's be honest, some clans that have more access to insider information or, you know, friends who play test or something, you know, who get a bit of a nudge, a wink and a nod and say, you know, they don't really get spoiled cards because NDAs are a thing, but they might just get a nod that says, hey, maybe you should try taking a void roll or something. Just trust me, mate. Right. We'll talk about it later on. Right. These discussions do happen. We, we, we've also had an issue with this twice already, actually with the same card, with uh, Feast or Famine. The, the votes of the Kotai, where all the clans would vote for what they wanted to do, and Unicorn already being behind at the time, severely behind, uh, they saw the power of Feast or Famine and decided that something they wanted for themselves. So they, as a clan, came together and they put a heavy foot forward to they wanted a fire roll so they could have access to uh, Feast or Famine. And while, yes, the effective list didn't even happen until, or the restricted list didn't happen until after Worlds, as soon as it was announced that Unicorn was going to get uh, their fire roll, or that they, they, they succeeded in getting a fire roll for Feast or Famine, it was like, oh, by the way, Feast or Famine is also going to a restricted list, which is already... You know, post a quote-unquote design decision on a clan that did not have the tools, like the card diversity, to really make decisions. And in your hubris, you didn't think that any of your cards deserved to be on the restricted list as well. No, that's not because I, I could tell you that uh, other than, you know, Eric Belhus had the final decision, but uh, me and several other cranes were there. We were discussing it for a while about what would be the best option. And he had a twofold option. One, he wanted to not uh, nerf Crab into the ground. Well, not nerf him, but they wanted to get, they, Crab really wanted, uh, access to their water roll to get it and even though we weren't competing for it the way that like everyone can only choose one role if we would have chose void then we knew dragon was going to choose uh water to get like what you're doing right now get your uh fight on they wanted uh eric wanted crab to be able to play with those cards so that's part of the reason why he did it Part two of it was there are interesting things in fire. Secret, like, secret is just economy no matter what you do. And then fire had some interesting choices. We weren't sure. We were pretty sure Icon of uh, Favor was really bad. But we weren't sure yet. We wanted to test it out. Spoilers, it was still really bad. Um, Imperial Librarian was a much more compelling option, especially combined with formal invitation to generate a harpoon effect. So that's why we actually went with fire. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of reasons for it. But I think we can we could just agree that it all comes down to you have to communicate what cards are going to be rolled up yeah. before Absolutely. the voting process happens. Because really? yeah, you just need that transparency. Now, the only one we haven't talked about is Scorpion Keeper yeah, heard... of Air, right? All I'm going to say is Dishonor, Dishonor, Dishonor. Bridges for days. Backhanded compliment. Dishonor. Dishonor. Mark of Shame. Just, just... And that's the new roles. I mean, it's exciting. I'm excited. You're excited. Uh, and of course, we have a new cycle that's going to have new Element Locks cards in that we haven't seen yeah, yet. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we have events right around the corner and more cards right around the corner. So this is going to be a continuously rolling thing. Don't expect the meta to be solid for longer than a month at most because things are going to be constantly changing from this point forward. Presuming they keep their release schedule and their RL schedule on time.